0: podcast number 495, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests.
1: Hi, I'm Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida.
3: Hi, I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is You I'm a costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles.
4: Hey, everybody. It's Peter, and I write for Why So Blue, and I live in Hollywood.
0: All right. Thanks, guys, for showing up. And this week in the news, we have that... The True Lies reboot has been moved off cycle at CBS, which means basically I guess it got delayed. Isn't that what off cycle means, Tom?
1: Well, it's off cycle, but what is the cycle right now? I mean, that's very
0: true. Good point. (laughs) Anyway, so it's got shifted. It got pushed back. Uh, Michael Chiklis is going to play; has been cast to play the owner of the LA Lakers uh, in uh, the 1980s, and that's for the new HBO series which is going to start shooting in March. Uh, FX has ordered a pilot, uh, The Bear, which will have uh, Christopher Storrs and Hira Murray to produce. Um, There are three more Game of Thrones spinoffs in the works, but I'll hold my breath until they actually start shooting because there were two other ones that got canceled before they started. Um, Diane Weist is to join Jeremy Renner in uh, Mayor Kingston, Mayor of Kingston at Paramount Plus. Drum roll, Resident Alien has been picked up for season two. Woo-hoo! Woohoo! Uh The Man Who Fell from Earth has been shifted from Paramount Plus to Showtime. Which are they owned by the same company? I don't think they're owned by yeah. the same company. They are? They're,
1: they're all Viacom CBS.
0: Oh, okay. Because I was wondering about that. I was like, that's weird. All right, yeah. Tom, your news.
1: I have a bunch. Okay. Amazon has added three more cast members to the Boys spinoff Shane Paul McGee, Amy Carrero, and Maddie Phillips.
0: We've heard of none of these people, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, they're all, they're, they're playing college students. They're all, they're all hot young newbies. Uh, Apple TV Plus has picked up a new comedy with Maya Rudolph from uh, creators Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard. The plot is she plays a woman who has to deal with the unfortunate circumstances when her husband dies and leaves her like $37 billion.
2: <laughs> oh, that's such a trial.
1: <laughs> Rough life. Uh, Vera Farmesia will star in the hur- their Hurricane Katrina series, Five Days at Memorial. Tom Hiddleston will join Claire Danes in the Essex Serpent. And Anthony Boyle has will be the lead of Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg's World War II series, about American Bomber Boys, Masters of the Air. Of course, they cast the Brit to play an American. Uh, (laughs) I think
2: that's standard issue these days.
1: Seriously. Uh, BBC America, Killing Eve will end with the upcoming season four, and they are developing spinoffs. The CW's Burden of Proof, which is repurposed from a Canadian broadcast company, uh, season four, which just ended in Canada, will be the last one, so CW, CW will plug that in sometime when they have a hole to fill. Disney Plus has added Kingsley Benadir, fresh from um, One Night in Miami, to the cast of Secret Invasion in an unspecified role. Bear with me with these pronunciations. The Giannis Antidoconpo movie Greek Freak has cast its leads Ushay Agata in the title role, Yatini Batali, and Daya Okaniyi as his parents.
2: <laughs>
1: it's a bio. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Murphy has confirmed that the uh, the n- next season of American Horror Story will be subtitled Double Feature uh, to the uh, huh. previously discussed HBO 80's Lakers series Adrian Brody has been cast as Pat Riley and Sally Field has been cast as Jerry Buss' mother uh, are HBO... we just going to
0: assume these actors are 7 feet tall even though we know they're not
1: what Pat Riley is the coach
0: but wasn't Pat Riley a basketball player?
1: Yeah, but he was the coach, so he wasn't that tall. Wasn't but
0: tall. I mean, but he used to be a basketball player is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying. yeah but point guards,
3: point guards can be pretty short. Point guards the, can he, be like 5'10". The, ten no, ten. they cannot. All Gosh, the point guards ten. are at
0: least yeah. 6 feet tall. But anyway, that's the point. Season, five
3: uh-huh. ten. My point is they're not like giants, you know what I mean? Like, I think um, Jeremy Lin is only, like, six feet tall. And there was that little guy, Spud. Yeah, but I'm saying,
0: they are the exception to the rule. They are not the rule. TV, you can make, you can... You, you can do exceptions. Well, I mean, that's, that's, kind
2: jo- that's kind of my
0: job. That's kind of my job. But they're portraying real people who were in real life. Some of them were seven feet tall, and these yeah. actors are not going to be seven feet tall. That's all I was
2: saying. Short by basketball. And you'd say Applebox?
1: I thought staff. you could.
2: Applebox
0: is whatever.
1: I've still got more. Matthew McConaughey will reprise his role in John Grisham's A Time for Mercy limited series, which is a sequel to his '96 film A Time to Kill for. HBO Max. Uh, NBC America Ferreira is returning for this week's One Hour Superstore finale, and she already snuck in a guest spot last Thursday. Netflix is reteaming with Lupin star Omar Sy and director Louis Leterrier on the sequel to the French action comedy On the Other Side of the Tracks. The original film stars Sy and Laurent Lafitte will reprise their roles as mismatched cops. Paramount Plus has announced the Rugrats revival has recast parents, uh, The names include Tony Hale, Anna Klumsky, Timothy Simons, all of uh, Veep, Natalie Morales, Nicole Byer, and Omar Miller as parents. And Michael Michael McKeon is going to play Grandpa Pickles. Peacock has picked up a mystery series Poker Face starring Natasha Lyonne and written and produced by Ryan Johnson. This is his first regular TV series, although he did direct some, uh, I believe it was Breaking Bad or... uh, or the spinoff of Better Call Saw. Showtime is doing a Capital Riot limited series from the Comey Rule duo, Billy Ray and Shane Salerno. Yeah, it'll still be fresh on the news by the time that... I Oscars.
0: was about to say, I feel like that's too soon.
1: Yeah, well, does that ever stop anybody?
0: <laughs> All right, is that it? That's it. All right, let's start with the shows. First up, we're going to talk Snowpiercer. And when I say we, I mean Tom and Allison. I still haven't made myself continue to watch the show yet
2: you should it's so good i know it's
0: good i just it's too much
1: only two
2: episodes left yep all right guys what you think
1: allison take it
2: um i well i thought it was great i they it's it's you know the penultimate episode they finish up this this monday um no actually they don't they take off a week and then they're going to be be doing a two-hour special um, a week from now, oh, for, for but the fin- for the finale. Yeah. Um, but they, they left in a really scary place cause they, they, uh, had set it up so that, I mean, we've been waiting all this time to see what, what Wilford was going to do with icy Bob to, uh, do something to the train. And it turns out he, he uses him to, to, uh, sabotage the train from the outside. And, um, the uh, the sabotage is, is discovered, but not before, but not a, before. A, a lot of damage is done. And the only one who can fix the damage um, because he's got a, a part that they need is Wilford. And they try to sneak him onto uh, Snowpiercer and not have anybody be aware of it because they're afraid of the reaction from from the populace if they know that Wilford is on board. So they, they try to do that except as they're going, you know, through the the little under the little uh undercarriage part where they've got the the, the um the the little uh I'm trying to remember what the hell the thing is called, but it, it's the little cart thing that they go through and the then and, and as they're going past, one of the workers sees him and immediately the rest of the train knows that he's on board and that the word starts uh, going back and forth and people start taking sides and, um, the, uh, you know, it finally ends up with Wilford sa- quote unquote, unquote, saving the train. And before they can stop him, he makes an announcement over the loudspeaker that, you know, he's, he's done this and everything goes crazy and people start, essentially it's like a counter revolution. And, um, they're after the, the rest of the train is after the tailies. People are hiding out from each other. Um, and uh, Ruth ends up choosing a side and it is not Wilford's. Um, and the. Well, uh, I was going to say, instead of just going through all the details. I, I, it's, yeah. Well, I just want to kind of set set up because it's it, it, it's important that, you know, we, we know what's going well, on. Well, You have to assume that the people who are listening have seen the episode. Yeah, but it's, I think, I think what was so, you know, and then, and then of course it it ends with, with Leighton being taken into, into custody. But it, it, I, they've got it all set up for when they pick up, they, or rather they don't pick up Melanie. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think it's, it's great the way they did it because they captured all the characters' reactions. And I, I love that the, the certain, the stands that certain characters took in in the end you know that you wouldn't have you would not have expected at the beginning um especially ruth who's essentially done a character 180 and um i forget the the name of the the lead breakman who uh Michael, michael malley's character yeah he's he's amazing i mean you know it's like he he came off so scary in the first season and then you realize that he's he more than anyone wants to see something like democracy restored and he pays a price for this. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, we're, we're like standing on the precipice of a lot of things about to happen, but um you know, and so this was a setup episode, but it, it wasn't just set up. It still felt like a lot of things were happening. It didn't feel like I was like just marking time. Uh, it was, it was really well done and there was a lot of tension and I, thought it was a great episode overall Tanya. what do you think
1: it, what do you think is up with josie sticking her hand out is it because shouldn't it have frozen or did they do something that would prevent her from
2: they they absolutely they did. It. They yeah just, everything right. that they did essentially icy bob was like their guinea pig and josie was the beneficiary of all of that and so what they did to restore her skin and she was, and it probably came out better on her because she had so little to start with because she'd already been so badly burned um, is, you know, she's, she's now immune to cold in the same way that I see Bob was without, you know, looking Frankensteinian in the process. Um, and, and the whole thing was her sticking, her hand through so she's got now like kind of this superpower she can tolerate the cold um i don't know if it's to the same extent that that icy bob could um and he could only tolerate it to a certain extent because you know we waved bye-bye to icy bob this episode too um he served his purpose as they said uh yeah and 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 clearly they, made, they they made it clear that they're planning on doing more experimentation on more people too, so um, but it, the, yeah, I think that that her new ability to to, to withstand the cold is going to play um, in in the future. It's going to definitely make a a difference.
1: Oh, the Chekhov's gun rule is definitely an effect on this show.
2: Absolutely.
0: Right. Any other comments before we move on?
1: No, it was good. I was just surprised we don't have a, a sit rep on Mel on Melanie for two episodes because the last time we saw her, she missed the uh, she missed the train. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. Even though Peter is the last lone survivor watching that show, but he assures <laughs> me that this episode is worth talking about, and he's been trying to convince me to watch it. So go ahead, give it your best shot, Peter.
4: I tend to think that, like, um, uh, yes, I mean, I I honestly did not watch all of the last season, <laughs> but I was kind of curious about these bonus episodes because they were shot during the pandemic and they were going to be basically character-based episodes where it's like the second episode was just about Daryl and Carol and stuff. So this one, this is the third episode, and it's about Aaron and Gabriel who aren't really, like, my favorite characters. They're they're kind of, like, in the middle for me. Like, I don't hate them, I don't love them. I'm just like, yeah, they're just characters that have been on the show for a long time. They're essentially doing the normal Walking Dead rounds of looking for supplies and making sure things are okay and stuff. Um, and they're getting tired. And I think the episode's called One More. So it's basically, like, you know, One More Thing to Check Out. And it's one of those episodes where... Um, Gabriel and Aaron end up, um, stuck. Well, I mean, sort of, they they spend the night in a, uh, this, uh, um, it's like a kind of like a warehouse. They find a boar, they kill the boar, they eat, they eat it. They, um, find an old bottle of whiskey that Gabriel says was worth like $2,000 back in, you know, when civilization was around and they have like, A nice time it's 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 kind of like oh it's just these two guys and they're getting to talk about you know their their fears and hopes you know and Aaron I I don't remember if you guys know this Aaron has a I think he has a one child yeah
0: he's got the little girl Gracie
4: he's got a little girl and all that is fine you know obviously like like that's the halfway through half the way halfway point and Gabriel wakes up the next morning um, and looking for Aaron and can't find him. And then suddenly there is a man in the shadow and I don't know if people had heard, but Robert Patrick was going to show up on the walking dead and it's Robert Patrick. And he got this crazy scar on his face and he looks messed up. And he essentially is like, you guys broke into my place. You ate my boar. Oh <laughs> yeah. And he basically, he basically ties them down and he decides to have a game of Russian roulette. And the episode is essentially like. It's essentially. Robert Patrick is a person who seems like he has been through, like most people in The Walking Dead, like hell and back. And he has no faith in humanity. And Gabriel and Aaron essentially have to be like, look, we are not those kind of people. You know, you can come back to our place. You can, We can help you out and everything. And this guy's just like, nope, I. I'm going to give you a gun with one bullet. You can kill yourself or, well, basically you can shoot it to your head or you basically shoot it to the person sitting across from you. Because I believe that eventually you're just going to kill the other person because you're really just all out for yourselves. And I was just like, Oh my God. And I had heard this was a big episode. So I was like, wait, are they going to kill one of the characters? I was like, what's going to happen is like, is one of them going to die? Um, I know that we normally talk spoilers, but I guess I'm not I am not going to do I'm not going to do a spoiler because I still want Libby to watch it. I will say <laughs> I will say it is a it is a devastating end, but not in the way that I predicted, which which to me is a really good use of The Walking Dead. Where I was like, "Oh, it's sad, but not what I thought." Um and I got to say I think you guys are lucky Robert Patrick's fantastic. Like it. I, it is I always a, like Robert. Like, Patrick. Why has this guy not been on The Walking Dead before? He totally fits this world. Guy, what are you saying? No, I love Robert Patrick. So, um, so it is a standalone episode. Look, I have, like I said, I have, I haven't, I haven't seen tons of Walking Dead either lately. You know, but it's like I think everyone on here, Allison, even Tom, Tom who pieced out many seasons ago, I think. I think Allison, Libya, and I, I think we've watched more than Tom. Is that right? I think
1: so. Yeah. I I'm mean, sure I, you did. I bailed. Middle of fourth season. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I bailed
0: so last I season. Know.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you I, I left. I left when Rick did. Okay. Yeah.
1: But, and I, but, stayed,
3: I stayed
0: just a little longer until Michonne left. But I Which is when the show should have been
1: when Rick left. Agreed. Exactly. Right. When number one say. on the call sheet leaves, the show's over. Period. I will say, though, that, like, Allison, Libya, and I—we all like fear
4: the Walking Dead. So we're not necessarily done with this world. We're just most of us just kind of feel done with the with the uh, first version of the show,
2: I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, fear so that, is getting on my last nerves lately, too. So uh, I'm, I'm still <laughs> into fear. Well, I still and love and a fear teenage,
4: the teenager one was not good. Oh, that was, oh, terrible. that, was,
2: terrible. that uh, was
4: terrible. But anyways, I'll wrap it up. But I just. Look, I thought it was a really good episode. It's, it's 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 those it's what Walking Dead is usually good with solos, where it's basically it's just two characters usually, and it's a conversation about the world and about their faith and things. And I thought it was really good. I thought I was I was I was I thought it was tense when it needed to be, and I thought it gave me stuff to chew o- chew about chew over afterwards. So thumbs up.
0: Nicely done. All right, next up we're going to talk about Bob Hart's Abishola. And the thing that was crazy about this episode is when it started, I thought it was a repeat. I was watching the first five minutes and I was like, I've already seen this conversation. And I was so sure that I'd seen the episode, I stopped it and went to go do something else. And then I saw something else, like new episode of Bob and Abishel, And I was like, what? And then I went back and I watched it past that point and I realized it was a new episode but I think they deliberately kind of did a callback to where the conversation at the beginning was the exact conversation we'd seen before, which was why I was so confused. Uh, Tom, you're nodding. Go ahead. No, that's it, it fooled me, too.
1: <laughs> I'm like, why are you guys doing This is a sitcom. Don't do this Rashomon
0: nonsense with us. <laughs> it was weird because I was like, wait, I've already seen this before. And Houston uh, uh, told me she did the same thing. She stopped the episode as well because... What? Go ahead, said. Well,
3: I stopped to check if I hit play right. I thought I had clicked the wrong episode. So, I mean, I 1,000% found the episode that I thought it was, and I was like, oh, no, this is different. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was, but it was good. It was good. Like, it was a good episode because it gets back to Bob and Abishola and that they want to get married and, and the headache of having your entire family try to stick their nose into your wedding and, all of that. All of that was good. It was just a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Anyone
3: else? Yeah, you know, I will say that, um, uh, I, I mean, to me, it kind of proves what we've been saying, which is that um, the show definitely, you know, with different degrees of success, kind of moved away from the heart of the show, their relationship so clearly they even the writers felt like we should probably remind them you know of like, like why are we watching
0: this show off? yeah
3: yeah like you know w- let's remind them of their charm and and where we left off with this couple and let's revisit you know the whole thing like clearly they thought the same thing um and uh I will say I'm just trying to remember exactly what happened I don't remember but my overall opinion is what I said again last week which is they definitely come back around uh, to what I, everything I love about the show. Um, a- as we advance, we are definitely learning more and more about Abashola, and she's you know kind of thawing, and we're seeing the different uh, aspects of her personal life. We knew about the husband, but I I actually love the interactions with the mom. Uh, through Zoom. I mean, it's old, <laughs> we, it's You can only see the cliche, top of her but, head or something. Yes, yeah. it's a... Yes, yeah. It's a <laughs> cliche, but the, like, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've yelled at my mother, lower, mom, lower, Look, too low, too low. Now I see your neck. Now I see your neck. Well, what, so, what's um,
0: hilarious to me is I just had a phone, phone conversation with my uncle, and because he has a hard time hearing, he kept putting like the microphone like inside his ear. So the whole Zoom call, we're just looking inside his ear canal. And I'm like, that's not how it works. The microphone is, or the, the speakers are not right where the camera is.
3: Libya, that wins. I don't think I've ever heard that. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, so the things with her mom and then even like her relationship, it really, I thought that was great when they were talking about moms and children and all that stuff. And then Abishola was like, because she was like, I talked to my my mom calls me every day and then she was like how often do you speak to her and she's like once a week you know mm-hmm. and so like for me <laughs> that's like super charming to you know just see more sides of Abashola. so and then I don't remember exactly what the interactions were but I someone correct me if I'm wrong or refresh my memory but again his relationship with Abashola's uncle bob's relationship is just one of my favorite things you know um so i I just i feel like they they're just you know on all all cylinders it's reliable i i've told you guys this before when i was uh watching the show i binged it you know because i came on board really really late and it just i always joke about having lunch with bob and abishola it's like the show i put on when i have lunch it's 22 minutes it's always pleasant it's like having a nice fun conversation with a friend over lunch or whatever um but now that i'm caught up i only have lunch with them once a week so i'm pretty sad about that um (laughs) but yeah it's just it's just a lovely light show and and it's really rare to get a decent comedy right now so props to them
0: all right uh next up we're going to talk about superman and lois this is episode four and for me this was the first episode that wasn't phenomenal. It was good. Like, it was a good episode. It was some setup. We spent way more time with the farmer guy and and Lana than I would prefer, uh, because they are not my favorite characters. Uh, so we spent a lot of time with them and I tried not to fall asleep. They, the brothers, I like the fact that Jonathan finally tells, I almost called him Jared, uh, Jordan, he almost Jordan. basically told him like look yes I'm jealous I'm jealous of you being on the team I'm like he just came out and said it but in a way that was informative and good and fostered their relationship and i like them at the party and i like the fact that it's just who jonathan is that he cares about people so he's chasing after this guy who's obviously having a problem and you don't He ends up being one of the what do you call them on the flash they call them um Oh,
3: meta. Meta. meta yeah, he's basically a meta human.
0: So Jonathan is like really concerned about this kid who's following him around trying to help him. And that was actually really that felt like that's a good indication of what kind of person he is. And I really like that. Yeah. Uh, the meta human stuff I found less interesting. So um so yeah, it was it was okay. And they basically reveal revealed that the father in law is gonna be kind of the bad guy but that's not particularly surprising. Go ahead.
3: Uh, What'd you say? Yeah. I I mean, I said that already. And in fact, it's certainly not surprising, but uh, I like that. He's not a mustache twirler. You know, I I know that you got, I think I was the only, I think I liked the uh, the episode way better than all y'all. Um, and I didn't think it was perfect and I definitely didn't think it was the best episode of the season, but what I thought really gelled for me and we've been talking about it week after week after week, but I'm going to keep saying it because this is my draw of the show. It's the family, the family, the family, you know, I think that, um, I even joked with Peter. I was like, I forgot about Lex Luthor. Like there's just so many like villains and, and storylines and stuff. And I was like, I don't really care. Like, I just love how, difficult it is for superman to be a superhero and a dad and his relationship with his wife was this the episode where they argued he didn't show up for the yeah. town meeting yeah okay so yeah. I, I just want to highlight the human stuff and you guys can you know throw in all your your complaints or criticisms but every time they dealt with not just uh, uh, um clark but like that scene where she was like I just need to be mad right now. I, I know that later I won't be, and I know I shouldn't be, but right now I just need to be mad. And I just felt that so realistic, because she even, she, like, whenever they start a conversation, I start to, like, tense up, and I'm like, uh, is this going to be bad writing? Is this going to be cliche? Uh, you know, but it's very, or, like, grounded. It's very realistic. Like, she knew what she was signing up for, and if she hadn't had that little diatribe I I would have been annoyed I would have been like come on you know what you're gonna get you know but she says everything that I would say and it's all real the emotions are real they're grounded um, you know she talks about you know just how she needed him you know and then he steps up and tries to give her the date so there's that romance aspect of it it's all believable to me none of it's not tropey necessarily but what they do they do really well and then the other thing I want to say just I won't spend a lot of time because you already talked about it I cannot tell you how happy I am with how they're treating the the kids you know the the show is you know what I mean like respectfully and they're not completely whiny their feelings are very realistic the villain you know he's he's clearly a jerk the grandfather but he you know we still see him really loving his grandkids so for me the show surprisingly and I think Tom you said something about Everwood which I've never seen before and Mm -hmm. barely remember register as a show So if this is sort of a carbon copy of that, then for me, it's still really fresh and new. So I just – oh, and the last thing, because this is a confusion thing. I thought – and I kind of got excited about it, but then when all of you all schooled me on it, I thought, oh, I guess I'm totally wrong – when i was watching the whole the, the the student metaphysical you know freak out whatever i got kind of excited because i thought oh this is going to be a whole thing where jonathan's powers maybe he doesn't have he's more kind of like a conduit he doesn't have that much expressive power but he like accidentally infects a whole bunch of people with his power and i thought that's interesting and new you know that he it's not his power that he gets to express but he Kind of gives it to other people, and I was like, I've never seen that before. But it guess it doesn't. If that's not the case, it that sounds like you guys. Are... No, no. no. All right. Well, all right. anyway,
0: right. what no, I thought it was. Well, I was going to say, let's move on. We have uh, two other people that want to talk about it. So go ahead, Tom.
1: Uh, just real quickly, I'm not sure I'm sold on Sam Lane has been adversarial before in other media. I don't like the. I don't like him telling the grandsons, you know, the world needs your dad more than you do. So deal with it on your own. Right. I thought that, that was kind of a... That was that was not a cool grandpa move.
0: No, not at all. Not at That's all. That's
1: more like a Jor-El Fortress of Solitude ice, <laughs> ice hole move. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: and then the other thing is the discovery that Morgan Edge is after Kryptonite X or whatever, I'm not thrilled. Yes. It's just like Smallville did the freak of the week. Please, please. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just hoping and praying they don't go that way. I don't want to see that. I want to s- see more focus on... On Clark and Lois trying to figure out how to balance saving the, you know, him saving the world and trying to be a, a good husband and dad. So, all
2: right, Allison, your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, pretty much, you know, what Tom said, I, you know, and and sort of what Euston said, too, because the strong part for me is the family and seeing a Lois and Clark actually behaving like adults. That's never been done before. It's like, you know, the story usually ends with them getting together and then maybe having a kid and that's it. And actually seeing the day to day thing of being uh, of of dealing with adulthood is is more interesting to me than anything else. But, you know, when I was watching the show. They got to the scene where they were, they were holding the assembly in the, uh, in the high school gym. And they had a shot of it from the outside. And I'm looking at where it says Smallville. And, and it just kind of hit me. Huh, that looks just exactly like the logo for the Smallville TV show. And that should have <laughs> been a clue right there. Because it's, the, the whole thing ended up. With exactly what I, I was, you know, what Tom alluded to and what I was afraid of is that it's just gonna devolve into the smallville trope of of Kryptonian freak of the week. And we're, you know, we we've got these bad guys who are on unearthing Krypton and it's going to infect different people and give them different weird powers. We've already seen two of them. And and they're, you know, and they're gonna have to find some way for Clark and maybe his kids as well, uh, to, to battle them off. And that's going to be, you know, this, this weekly ritual that we have to sh- slog through, you know? And, and so my, I, I, became less interested in the show as soon as they, they reached that point. Now I'm hoping that maybe it it doesn't turn out that way. Um, the grandfather doesn't interest me much. He's just pretty much, you know, your standard military bonehead, bad guy. Um, and you know, uh, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't go the direction that I'm fearing it goes. Cause it started out with so much promise and it's still shot beautifully and it's acted beautifully. Um, I just, I just kind of hope it avoids all those standard Berlanti that <laughs> I, I tend to stay away from. Uh,
0: Peter, really quick, your
2: thoughts um yeah, I mean, it was
4: okay like i, I, I pretty, pretty much I'm pretty much the same as everybody else like i I guess the only thing I would add is that you know there, is, I do wonder if the execs at you know the c w and berlanti I'm assuming they sort of realize that um I remember when the Harry Potter movies came out, which of course also followed the books. There was a tendency to show that, like, if you watch the first Harry Potter movie or book, it was clearly made for, like, little kids, like 8 to 10 years old. And, you know, J.K. Rowling knew that, and, and the, then people who made the movies knew, that the the people who were fans of Harry Potter were kind of growing up with Harry Potter. So by the time you get to the middle and end, it gets a lot darker. I guess sort of what I'm hearing from Tom and Allison and everything is that, like— if you were a person watching Arrow and you were like 15 or 20 and it was just you were just watching it because it's like, oh, it's kind of a dark, cool DC thing and it's superheroes. Those people in theory, 10 years later, might now have kids or might be out of college and might now be adults, which is what I think the appeal of Superman and Lois is. It's like, look, this this CWDC thing has kind of grown up with a certain generation. I guess maybe they're just nervous at how much can they make the show fresh, which is yeah, you know, dealing with Superman and Lois being a family, which I think some of these viewers are ready for versus going, yeah, but it's still a DC thing. We still need to have a monster of the week. And it sounds like we're all saying, except for Usen, who just hasn't seen so much of it. We're all being like, yeah, I've just, I've just seen that a lot of times. And so I don't really care, yeah. but I understand. So I guess my thing is it's a thumb sideways, I guess as an episode But I think I understand the challenge that the show is mainly dealing with, if that makes sense. Like, how much do you lean into
0: that? So, All right. Uh, I guess we're all giving it thumbs up to Sideways, somewhere in there. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Generation, and this is episode four. And I want Allison, who did not watch last week, I'm curious to find out what you think of the newest episode.
2: Yeah, I, I caught yeah. up all of a sudden. I mean, they're they're very short episodes, so, you know, I kind of ripped right through them very quickly. So, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly where episode 4 began. Um, uh, it, the, the the thing is I did end up liking this show more than I expected I would. It's still for me kind of, you know, it falls into the category of teen stuff, which I don't find that exciting. I, I think that the writing is better than is usual on shows like this. Certainly the acting is better. Um, the characters are pretty much the same with the exception of, it's just, you know, a wider range of, of sexual choices and, and, you know, gender preferences, but it's still that kind of, you know, over sex teens constantly thinking about sex and, and, you know, and fighting against their parents who don't understand them. So, uh, but it's, you know, in that genre, I think it's probably done better than, than I've seen it done before. And if the care, you know, the, the, the actors are, are really, really good. There's certain things about it that, that take me out of reality. The whole thing with the, the girl giving birth in the, in the bathroom is just so over the top ridiculous I mean not that that hasn't you know not that that hasn't happened before that people have done that but it's usually a lone girl who who you know is isolated and she doesn't know what to do and it usually doesn't turn out too terribly well for the baby it's it's not you know this situation where you have this girl who has a whole you know network of friends who help her and and you know Turn the, the the bathroom into into a, a maternity room. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean this. It's and, and then she gives uh, they they keep showing her through this this series and she doesn't she she doesn't look pregnant in the slightest. Well, that's why and it she, gets surprising. That's why she was surprised she had the baby. Well, it's especially surprising when she gives birth to a baby that looks like it's about 6 months old. Oh, I come mean, on. that's thing.
0: television, Huge. you know that. They ne- they Huge. never show a brand Huge. new baby, you know She's, that.
2: There's no way that a girl who's I mean, I was expecting her to just have a miscarriage. That would have made sense. Because she wasn't showing, um, but if she's even going to give birth to a baby, it would have to be some this teeny tiny little preemie. And instead, there's this baby that that looks like you know it it should be already maybe learning to walk. Um, it was just ridiculous, and I, you know it just kind of it kind of took me out of it. It's like yes, it's funny and everything, but it's just it it, it just wasn't even in the realm of real. So yeah that that, that kind of got to me but I do I do like some of the um the other characters I I can't remember them by name but the the very out guy who, who is a great swimmer Chester. um Chester thank you That's he's great. probably my favorite character um but the, I I think some some ways they just tend to to behave more like trope more like caricatures rather than characters and hopefully that'll change as the series goes on it's not you know i mean i i i enjoy it it's it passes the time i don't think it's the greatest thing ever but it's it's for what it is it's very well done
0: all right uh peter
4: oh you know i've only seen the pilot what i know i'm sorry it's, it's, you're it's not allowed right
0: right on my... the podcast anymore
4: I know, I've been trying trying to watch, uh, not new, uh, The Magicians and um, Death Death Note, so I actually haven't got, I haven't dived into, I thought the pilot was very good, as I said on last week's um, podcast, so I'm sorry I can't say too much more.
3: Right. I'll jump in because I want to rebut I want to not rebut I just want to address what what um, Allison said. Um, I can't disagree that it was like crazy the the you know the maternity ward bathroom business. Um <laughs> But I was it didn't take me out so much because there is an aspect of like overly frenzied, kind of crazy, you know, kind of what I won't spend a lot of time on it. But the point is, it didn't really bother me, even if I agree with you in 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 spirit, uh, you know, that 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 wasn't that big of a deal for me. Um, I think the whole show is big. I mean, you know, the, the twins. Um, are are not super, you know, interesting to me, but I'll I'll talk about them simply because I can't believe how it ended, you know, um, that scene where uh, they're they're both sleeping with or fooling around with the same guy, and at first I didn't even understand like what was happening, but he sends a thirsty photo or whatever, a thirst photo, a sexy photo of himself first to the the brother. Uh, and then like seconds later, he sends the same photo to the girl, to his twin sister. Yeah, he's playing both yeah. sides. He
2: sends he sends
3: the like the identical thing to the sister. Both of them.
2: Yeah, yeah
3: expecting they're not talking to each other. Yeah, the reason I'm dwell—I don't want to dwell on it—but the reason I brought it up is because it's important that the the twins are so bonded, and I really honestly was like, I don't know how they're gonna like forgive each other, or she's gonna forgive him, and the because I I really think what he did was super lame. Um, I have an older brother; I'm not a twin, um, so I can kind of relate to the whole sibling thing. Um, not that we shared a guy or anything like that, but but um, but my point is um, the that she he she there's a wry smile at the end of that scene and the episode ends on that. So it just, it speaks to the really complicated issues that these teens are dealing with. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're not just, my point is it was a nice, subtle way to like really show that this is like just all, all out, you know, kind of a thing that I'll move on by just saying that, um, uh, I love Justice Smith. I think we all do. And I recently saw him on an interview, and he's twenty-five. And I say that because to me, he plays a teenager so convincingly—the the energy and the just the comp, you know the 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 confusion and all that stuff. So really, props to him and his acting. He's a little goofy in real life, so I guess I can kind of see how it happens. But he is nothing nothing like his character so that to me makes it even more admirable that he's just doing a great job i'll let you guys talk about the rest of the episode
1: i I want to talk about martha plimpton
2: oh god yes do oh, it yeah
1: because she was <laughs> i mean she's funny and she's pathetic and she's in denial but oh, when so she sticks it to the other mom who's trying to like trying to, like, oh, how are you doing? You know, the fake sympathy thing. Yeah. And then she puts it right back into her face about the, about the, you know, Ellen getting popped for, oh, is that your Ellen? <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's just, I mean, what a great, interesting character for her to play. And the irony is, you know, she got her start playing um, one of her big films when she was, Okay. probably a little bit older than the kids on the show, was running on Empty when she's a daughter. I want to say Judd Hirsch was one of the parents. I'm forgetting. I'd have to Google it. But anyway, it's interesting to see her go from playing a character like these kids to being the mom of one of these kids. But she, she hit all the... I mean, just the conversation with Ariana's dads and her husband, oh, Sam Trammell from brilliant. Blood. It's just amazing. And we see why the why the son broke the thing of wine. Because they're totally... Yeah. I mean, obviously nobody's aware that he's right within earshot. You know, the good old soap opera trope of somebody eavesdropping in conversation. And I was also thinking as he's mixing what is it, vodka and whiskey and, like, Bailey's? It's, like, dude, that's nasty.
2: It would be a shorter list to say what he didn't mix into that drink, actually.
1: Seriously. But, no, I I, I mean, I love this show. I I fear for our youth that their lives are really this complicated and messed up, but it's a great show.
0: All right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Legacies. This is episode seven. And this episode... I have to say, when it first started, I was kind of afraid. I was like, oh no, this episode is going to suck. Because it starts off with, like, let's do a bake sale. And I was like, so to raise money for the school. And I was like, that sounds boring. And, um, but then the leprechaun shows up and people lose their minds and there's money flying everywhere and it's hilarious slow mo montages. And, uh, I hope still not getting over Landon. I'm like, really? What? Like, I can't get behind that relationship. So no. her angsting over Landon for the whole episode, including the, the whole thing that she, the, the sculpture she made and all of that, I was like, meh. Like, that wasn't as interesting. But the leprechaun and all that stuff was good. And someone remind me, which is funny because I'm supposed to be the one that's the expert on this show, why is it that MG lied about the... The ascendant i don't remember I don't why he. I, yes no, I, I don't think well no we do because it has to do with his ex-girlfriend that i can't remember her name because yeah. she's the one that made the ascendant and then right. she asked him not to tell people about it but i don't remember why and i don't remember why he agreed and i was hoping somebody here remembered I don't
2: either, unfortunately. I don't remember. I don't remember. Ah, I'll have to Honestly ask. honestly when they brought up the Ascendant, I had to think for a minute and go though, what? Well <laughs> yes. I know what an Ascendant is. I mean everybody
0: like that's like the shorthand of the the show, but but then that, that moment where he gets caught by Hope at the end and I was like, Oh, that's not good.
1: Hope has a little well, bit of a temper.
3: Yes, that, that's I, true. I, I like the way that they revealed it, where um, Lizzie was like, oh, I would have done anything to help you. I really would have, but it is too, too late. But look behind you. And I was like, what? What's happening? What? What's so... And then, and, and I want to say that Hope is straight up annoying. Like, you know what? I know grief, everyone has a different way of dealing with it, um, but she's just become so petulant and so awful. And thank God for, uh, what's her name? Cleo, which... Um, uh, you know, because she's trying to, like, bring her back to reality and be like, listen, uh, it ain't all about you. How right. about you ask about me? Right. You know, and, you know, that she was, was very realistic and grounded. Yes, I, because who wouldn't say that at some point? She's trying to help her, you know, in every way possible, and she's still complaining. And let me say, for the record, that bust is super creepy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was like... That is not a tribute to a loved one. Let me tell you. Okay. That is like someone you break up with and you hate and you want to like make you look miserable and be like, I will burn you like what? And how creepy she uses his, re- what is he a puppy, a dog. You don't take the remains of a human being and mix it in with something like And cre- I was like, that is just gross. That's like next level gross. So I don't like any, any of that hope stuff. I don't like her mourning. I don't like her art. I don't nothing. So, <laughs> oh, that was awful. And I'm with you, Libya, at first when I was like, oh God, fundraiser day. But the whole like stripper montage with the money flowing, you know, and just. Yeah, the- that was pretty fun. Yeah. It was wacky. It was wacky. And so, you know, the show does what it's supposed to do for me, you know, which is a bit of an escape. And I like most of the characters. They throw in a little mystery. Sometimes they throw in some danger. But I really need hope to get over it. I was just like super and stop making creepy art. So, like, <laughs> of course. I, mean, I did also episode. like
0: the uh, Alaric being propositioned by the bank manager. So, like, maybe we could find something to put uh, for
1: collateral. Yeah. And his eyes just That's got really bad. wide. That's, that's, the choir a, teacher, comment, um, um, that's the choir teacher on High School Musical, the musical, the series.
0: Oh, the woman. Oh, really? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the about. bank manager. Yeah, oh. but that was, that was really oh, funny. It. That was really funny because his eyes got wider and wider where he saw this conversation was going. <laughs> he was like, oh, no.
2: <laughs> I am being sexually harassed. <laughs> so, Caleb, I,
1: I think Libby has told me this before, but I call shenanigans. Caleb's supposed to be student? In what alternate reality is that dude a student? Seriously? It's
0: called, that's how, if you go back to season one, first second episode, Caleb first appears, and he's a student. And go. He obviously was friend, like... Him. He's a freaking vampire. He's centuries old. Well, no, he's and supposed to... He
2: 45. He, so, I know. Yeah.
0: He's supposed, the whole reason of being able to go to the school, even if you're a vampire... Is if you got changed when you're still a teenager and you're not that old. If you're 100 years old and you look like a teenager, you're not allowed to go to the school. The whole point of the school is to teach you control, to teach you oh. how to be a vampire. So he is not supposed to be hundreds of years old and looks like a teenager. He's supposed to literally be a teenager. Now, however, I do realize the actors like that actor. No is way, is like upper <laughs> no 20s. Way. However, also the woman who plays Liz, uh, uh, not Lizzie, she's also like 25, 26 yeah true
2: so
0: i'm just saying
3: yes Standard tv the standard also, tv chloe doesn't look young at all chloe does not i mean not chloe a cleo does not look young at no she all. doesn't look a teenager me. either
1: well, she's, yeah. she's no. got the black don't crack you know yeah but she
3: looks still, like she's 30 still. yeah yeah still what's the she may not have wrinkles
1: the um oh the sister lizzie's sister and i'm blanking on her name josie Josie, yeah, I, di- I, I, I was not into that subplot at all.
0: No, I did too. not care about her and whoever the girl is that she what, likes. What,
1: what's her face that all of us are kind of iffy about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't
3: yeah, like her. And I, I do not really about the understand stories.
2: the whole purpose of sending her off to another school and that kind of thing. It just. Yeah, it just. Especially seems if, if we.
0: Yeah, and especially Because if, the script says so. I'm just saying, especially if, if attendance is such a big deal that they need as many kids as possible, it doesn't even make any sense.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to I mean maybe it's going to amount to something eventually, but right now it's just like why am I watching this subplot? It's not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't I don't get scripts anymore, so I don't know. Um <laughs> and
2: boy, and but we need to move on.
0: though Yeah, we need to it's move wasted. on. So thumbs up ish
2: ish.
0: Next up we're gonna talk about Resident Alien, and this episode was fantastic. And it surprised me and had a plot twist, which I didn't see coming. I was like, whoa! Because it literally last week's episode, they leave us hanging off the side of a cliff, a literal cliff, where they fall into. And this week, they're stuck in a crevasse, and they have to get their way out. But the plot twist is that because Harry is hurt, he now looks like an alien. And, ooh, secret revealed. And that was actually really, really good. I really liked her reaction. I felt like that was real. And because she's a nurse, I liked that after she got over her holy crap, she was like, "Okay, treat the wound and all watch of that." Watch for the teeth. You watch for the teeth. <laughs> <Watch> the teeth. <laughs> she was like, "You have teeth in your lungs? What?" <laughs> and then she's like, "You have four arms." It was so that was all really good. What do you guys
2: think? I, th- I I loved the episode. I thought it was great. I loved all of the conversations that they were having, you know, as, as she was trying to cope with the fact that, you know, that the, the Ari is an alien. I, I loved when she asked what his real name was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, I would love to see the outtakes of that scene because I'm sure they did it like 40 different times. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he made that noises. up. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it was just random noises, you know. Yeah. You know? And then they, and my friends call me, mm, for
3: sure. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> and I, I you know, I really thought that, you know how they say, like, you know, um, oh, try to say that four times fast? I was like, oh, my God, it would have been hilarious, like, you know, trying to say that, like, a hundred times. And Allison, I'm so with you. That absolutely, they probably let them run with it. You know what I mean? And just be like, let's do another. Let's do another. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the best. So that best. was great, but and I just everything you know
2: they when they had um, uh, oh god now I'm blanking on the name of the character but the one who 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 uh, sure. eventually pulls herself out of the the karass okay. to get help um, I thought that was great you know all of that just you know she's she's uh, tired and she's got a bum leg and everything else and she still manages to get up there I have no idea how in the world. She had the strength to actually lift Harry up out of there. Yeah, Um, that was a little weird. I was like, "Yes, a little much." A pulley will help, but it's not going to help that much. Not, not that much, you know. But, but, well, I mean, if we're going to accept that, you know, Harry's an alien and everything else is going on, we can accept that too. So, um, but all, all of that was really, was really, really good, and I love the reaction of Asta's father. (laughs) When oh he's very on the table. It's like, you
3: know, just
2: keep him away from the fish. <laughs> I,
3: I, yeah. I just want to jump in because you guys said everything that I'm gonna say, but the, I love that the dad was literally like, that would have been my reaction. You know what I mean? I know it's a fantasy show, I know this, but you know, there's has to be characters that we relate to and things that seem pretty realistic if everything else is going to be so fantastical. And the dad was literally like, "Yeah, nope, not going in there. No, nope, why? You, you know, <laughs> let's just call, let's say what it is. Let's just say what it is. Okay, there's an alien in my fridge. Like, you know, I just literally was like, oh So I will say what I've been saying all along also is I think it took them time, but they're really fleshing out the side characters now, you know, seeing the, Former deputy, the former deputy, um, being on that date was nice. It just gives you, you know, extra background context. You know, she just, she isn't just, you know, the uh, comic relief. uh, And she's not like some pathetic, sad woman who has no life but her job. You know what I mean? I really, really like that because they do that with overweight women all the time.
2: It's like they have their lives.
3: And she's, she's out there dating a hottie.
2: yes all of that i I really like that yeah
3: yeah so yeah i wanted to draw the attention to that because we've all been saying sort of like i'm not really interested in the other characters now but we are now and and just to parrot what libya you said and then i'll i'll be done the show was great on like all, all levels, and I think that the uh, the tension or the tone that I've been sort of alluding to uh, between the humor and the drama and the intrigue, mystery, they just hit every note perfectly. And the nurse, who you tend to not like, I thought she really just finally kind of gelled up. Yeah, you know what I I mean? I like that she knows what's going on. Yes, yeah, and she was, and her reaction you know, within reason was reasonable. You know what I mean? Like, you know that she's the closest one to this alien and let's, and they threw us this bone also, which I thought really helped to make it even more convincing. He told her that he has a device that will basically help or save the world. So like, if it were me, I would get any leftover kind of hesitancy. I'd be like, okay, he's an alien, but he's totally going to help us out. You know what I mean? Right.
2: I, of course, you by know, saving I, the world, she doesn't know that that means killing off her species. I, exactly, but, uh, exactly, left that part out.
3: Yes, yeah, so to me, this was abs- the absolute the best episode and the apex. It just keeps getting better, and it you know, and it shows why the show absolutely works.
0: All right, uh, agreed. So, thumbs up, Resident Alien. Next up, we're going to talk about Justice League: The Snyder Cut, which I know all you geeks watched, and you guys have to convince me because I. I could do so many things with four hours of my time. And so <laughs> I've already seen the bad version of this movie. And everything I've heard is the plot is pretty much the same. Like, they still go against the same bad guy. And the, the you know, the focus is still pretty much the same. I just didn't, I didn't have five, I didn't five, four hours of my time to, to give to this. So I'm going to let you guys talk about it. And, uh... Yeah. Is Tom here? Where's yeah. Tom? Tom, I think, he's the fan. Yeah. I loved it. I
4: for Wait, wait, Tom, reason, before we start, what did you think of the Whedon? Did you love that version, too?
1: No. Okay. And because, because I'm such a completist fanboy twit, I bought the 4K Blu-ray of it. I didn't buy it in Steelbox. Ha! Huh? That's showing you. <laughs> <laughs> but I popped it in. And within the first five minutes, the botched facial hair removal was so bad in 4K. I'm like, hell no. Life's too short. (laughs) So, but this, uh, okay, here's the thing. It's fascinating to read everybody and their little sister who has opinions about this. And going back to Man of Steel, and that's the first movie I can think of, Peter. I don't know about you, but people were like, people who loved it really loved it. And people who hate it were like, You must agree with me that this is the worst Superman movie ever or else you're a freaking moron and I can't talk to you anymore. It's like, dude, if you didn't like the movie, fine. But the people who don't like Zack Snyder, they're just like zealous in their – it's almost like a religious or political fervor how much they don't like Zack Snyder. And I think Zack Snyder is fine. I think he's better with visuals than with story. But here's the thing. Warner Brothers chose him – to guide the initial version of the DCEU. And part of the problem, and I have the receipts, is Jeff Robinov, the executive who was in charge of this at the time, learned the wrong lessons from the Dark Knight trilogy, and I found the quote by him saying, we're going to take these heroes as dark as we possibly can, which is the wrong solution for all the DC heroes. Well, I'm
0: going to say, you guys only have like five minutes, so you need to okay, speed this up that's a little bit. It. no.
1: Once again, you know they cut out story, they cut out plot, they cut out character development. Now, would they release a four-hour version of the, of Snyder's Justice League? Probably not. They might have been coaxed into releasing a three-hour version. The problem is the thing that Whedon released was terrible, and he used not enough of footage that uh, that Snyder shot. Because it's really painfully obvious the differences between the two versions in terms of plot development, character development, et cetera, et cetera. You know, is the new version overwrought, overblown? Sure. But it's also, I watched half before school on Thursday and the other half when I got home. And I enjoyed it. And I just, some of the choices he made were interesting. There weren't the choices I would have made. But, you know, Wonder Woman doesn't, all the supporting, all the, you know, Batman is not completely at the center of it. Wonder Woman, everybody's fleshed out more. I mean, what? Jo- Whedon's version is a Frankenstein version and doesn't make any freaking sense whatsoever. And Steppenwolf, especially as a villain, is terrible in the Whedon version. And he's fleshed out because he's one of Darkseid's toadies sucking up the dark Side, And we get to see Darkseid in both a flashback and through a boom tube, which is awesome! So... No, I, I loved it.
4: Um, I know we only have five minutes. I will my so my quickest thing is, I liked it too. I don't think I loved it as much as Tom. It, but I liked it. I did. i I, I watched it straight through. Um, Sophia and I, my my girlfriend and I watched it all the way through for four How, hours. How did she um, like it? She did. She enjoyed it. She was she was kind of like Libya. She's not a fan of the d c stuff, and she was prepared to hate watch it. She's like, I'm just going to hate watch this. And, and I was like, okay. I was like, well, that's a weird attitude to let go into. But she enjoyed it. She, I don't think she liked it as much as I did. But I, no, I think she, she definitely thought, yeah, this is clearly more fleshed out. And this makes more sense. The two things I would say, because I know we want to be fast. One, I would say it is strangely, yes, it's the same plot, but it. Felt less like a superhero movie, even though obviously it has superheroes. It felt more like Lord of the Rings, and I mean that in a positive way. Um, like, it, I don't want to again. I was like, because it was it. four hours long. No, because <laughs> because, the, because the way because as you know the the plot <laughs> is basically that there's these three mother box things and and it's like the boxes are sort of like the ring and it it somehow works. I was like, oh. Here's the thing. I'll just say this. Um, the opening of the movie, because this, so I'm not going to spoil the rest of it. The opening of the movie is Superman dying at the end of, from Batman versus Superman. It's a slow motion. It's all that Zack Snyder pomp and circumstance. It's, it's, it's Superman. Um, you know, his chest has is, is been stabbed by, uh, I forgot who's the bad guy, Doomsday, from Doomsday. Doomsday. And he's and it's in slow motion and he's and he's dying and superman goes Brah, and he's and he's wailing then that whale goes across the planet and you see how um everyone in Themyscira is aware of it and you see how uh, the atlanteans are aware of it that's the kind of thing that i liked i was like oh yeah that is a very zack snyder thing that is visual that is visual storytelling it's like oh yeah Here's is, this is how big this is. It affects everybody. It is the death of Superman, and it actually it's not it's not just a oh it's sad Superman died. It actually has a plot reason for how that's connected, which I thought was kind of cool. I was like oh actually that ties into the plot. Um, again I am not saying this is a masterpiece. It's four hours. Obviously somehow it probably should have been I guess three or something, but I enjoyed I pretty much enjoyed the point four and I gotta say. I totally thought that I can't speak for how he was treated with Whedon. But if I was Ray Fisher watching this movie, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like, he's kind of the main character in this movie. And like, he's like nothing in he's just robot guy in the in the Whedon version. So um, I under, I Yeah, I, I get Fisher's frustration beyond Whedon's uh, behave, alleged behavior or whatever. So I liked it. Thumbs up. I th- I still think Wonder Woman is the best one of the DC,
1: though. So
2: yeah, I would agree with that.
1: What what? One more thought. Okay. Oh good. A a big problem for he who shall not be named is we found out he cut a lot of people of color out of this movie, and that's not cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right, Ryan Choi. Yeah, Ryan yeah, Jordan. oh, it's true because it's and that one character, the Asian character, is I guess becomes a superhero. Ryan Choi becomes the Atom.
4: Yeah, and I was like, oh, there's an Asian guy. Yeah,
0: you're cut right, out. That is Yeah, it's true. 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 Yeah. So, is, yeah. so was so Iris. So was Iris. Iris was I, cut Iris, out. Was, yeah, that's Iris
1: true. West was completely cut out. Yeah. So that's not that's not a good look for you, dude.
0: <laughs>
1: that's not a good look for you at all.
0: Uh-huh. considering
1: the reputation you cultivated which we which now everybody knows was was not earned and was a sham but to find out that all the actors of color had much more substantial roles in the reshoot or in the redo than in the original version much of the vast majority of which was filmed. So yeah, okay. that's so not I
4: gotta, a good look. So I know we have to wrap not up. A good Alice, look. Allison, I'm yeah, really I'm quick. Sorry. Allison, your thoughts. I'm real assuming quick. you didn't like it as much as us, but I'd be curious. I'd be curious if you think it's terrible. Like,
2: go ahead. I did not think it was terrible. I I had no. I did not see the Whedon version, so I have nothing to compare it with. Don't <laughs> I have I heard it was ter- First of all, you know, I'm 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 not a fan of the whole DC movieverse, with the exception of Wonder Woman. The first Wonder Woman, the second one was terrible but um the the you know so i wasn't excited to see it and when uh, the reviews started coming out i just went nike and pass on that thanks um so the the only reason that i even watched this one is because there was literally nothing else on television and i figured you know what we'll probably be talking about this so i watched it and i actually got through it you know in one with with a single bathroom break and uh you know so went straight through and i did not hate it um i do not think it's the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life but i you know it had it had moments that were genuinely entertaining that were beautifully certainly beautifully shot a lot of stuff there was a lot of (laughs) 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 slow-mo just cut out the (laughs) slow-mo junkie xl score Oh God! I was like, I was dying. was like, Will you stop? I mean, come on! This does not need to be in slow motion. And sometimes he'd actually freeze frame it in a power move, and it's like, Do we need that? Really? Is that gonna? Did you, did you do this so we might have a poster? I mean, what? What is the reason for this? Right. Um, he, you know, it's. I mean, it's typical Zack Snyder. He he leaves no Sturm undranged. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's, it just goes on and on. It's Wagnerian opera with Superman, and you know it's and and so it's like everything is over the top. There were points where it was supposed to be meaningful, and I was laughing um but that said, I mean there were also parts that were you know genuinely well done, and there was even a little bit where i I thought to myself they must have left in dialogue from Weden where they they have batman and the flash meet for the first time they claim the dialogue no yeah they, but
0: they fast. claim no but we we actually got to wrap this up because we have two more shows to talk about
2: okay but i'm so i'm gonna make the i'm gonna make it quick so what i'm gonna say basically is that you know it's i i did not feel like i had completely wasted my time watching it i don't think that you know this is the future of, of movie making the directions that people are going to go in um but you know it's it was it was an interesting thing to watch i don't think any anything of the sequels that they set up for at the end are ever going to occur um and i i took kind of issue with the fact that some of the characters were dumped in there just assuming that you already read comic books and know what they are like the flash had no background um, they just threw him in there, and and the death of Superman depends on having seen the previous movie, which I only saw parts of. That's all I could tolerate. So I really didn't know what was happening at the beginning. Um, well, we, but we need to we need to
0: move on. We need to move on.
2: Yeah, over overall, it's it's an okay movie. It's not you know you, you if you really have four hours that you need to kill, um, you could do it worse ways. Alright,
0: next up we're going to talk about For All Mankind, and this is episodes 2 and 3. And I know I'm still not caught up, but I figure two episodes a week is not bad. Uh, I will catch up probably next week, close to that. Um, So this was really a lot about Gordo. Um, I mean, they have a lot of characters on the show. But for me watching it, it's basically Gordo falls apart in episode 2. He has that drunken moment where he's on the side of the road and he's talking about how his life hasn't turned out to be anything, that he's nobody and he has no future, blah, blah, blah. And so Ed's solution to that was like, okay, let's put you on the moon. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Do you not remember what happened last time he was on the moon? This is a terrible idea. And that was all I was thinking. I was like, Ed, come on, man. Like I know it's an all boys club and you guys all love each other, but that's he almost killed himself on the moon. The, he is not right in the head. Obviously, he's not right in the head because he's standing on the side of the road talking about his life is nothing. Like that's not a solution. So I was I was not happy with Ed with the second episode. Uh, what do you think, Tom? It's it's kind of interesting looking. I mean.
1: When you when you talk about Gorda, you also have to talk about Danielle because they're two halves of the same coin, and she's the one... You mean who, Tracy, right?
0: The character, Tracy?
1: No, Danielle.
0: Who's Danielle? The black woman. Oh, Danny. Sorry, Danny. Danny. Yes.
1: Because, yeah, I don't... Tracy, ugh, Tracy works my nerves. Yes, You'll, yes. And, and she will work your
0: nerves, but... Well, now you. she's all about fame and stuff, and it's annoying. But yeah, Danny... But she- her storyline is, and I think that's also part of Gordo's issue, which is he got stamped with the hero stamp, even though he has all this shame about what happened, and because he feels like he's living a lie. Because he is. Yeah, he is, I know, and it's all weighing on him, and which is why this is so horrible, and Danny has not gotten any of the fame or whatever from what she did, and she did something super heroic, I think, also stupid, um,
1: well, and now... She-
0: she basically
1: scapegoated herself to right. cover his reputation,
0: right? And, I, and which was a terrible idea. I was like, "You're a black woman. You can't afford to do that." It's seventies. What are you doing? So, mm-hmm. so she she did a big sacrifice to save him, and he feels all this guilt as he should. And Ed's solution is to send them both back up on the same mission. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, Ed. Well, no, they're not. They're not going on the.
1: Yes, they are. You no, know, they are, but. You've seen episode four. No, I've seen episode three. You've seen episode three.
0: Dang it. Uh, So uh, it says that they're supposed to go on the same mission. Yeah, okay. Uh, Anyway, so I think Ed's an idiot because the solution to his friend's mental breakdown is not to send him to the moon. That's a terrible idea. This is true. Um. Any other thoughts of two or three? Or you're just... You're, you're uh, trying not to give away spoilers, I hear you.
1: Yeah, three, three for me was really interesting because that's that's the one where we actually deal with delayed with uh, Ed, the death of Ed's son.
0: Oh, yeah. Because they, cause I remember when the season started and they miraculously had this this Asian daughter that they had obviously adopted. I was like, wait, what? And And I didn't understand what was happening. And so... For them to have this huge breakdown, which, by the way, I did get Misty. Um, and and just both of them had these crazy reactions to her deciding to go to uh, the Academy. I like I was her. like, way out of proportion for what she's saying she wants to do. I was like, why are you guys freaking out so much? And I liked the actual discussion at the end where they really broke down what was going on. I thought that was fantastic.
1: Yeah, that was a really good episode. Um yeah it's um...
3: go ahead al uh Yusuf, go ahead oh i just i have a question because i i'm watching and enjoying it i'm very close to being in line with you guys so and for people who haven't watched the show um i haven't been listening to your 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 podcasts about it because i i knew i was gonna watch it so do you think that the tom i guess more than you libya do you think that the second season is better than the first and you can give me a quick answer
1: I think it's different. I mean,
3: okay. Well, that's because that's I, I, the...
1: I think it, I, I think it's consistent. I mean, the the big thing is season one had such a big narrative drive because yes. we lost the moon race, so now we've got to build this. Get to we've got to establish this permanent presence on the moon. And uh, oh, by the the way, the thing with the Russians did that come up in um... yes,
0: where you find, where you find the listing device.
1: Yes, gonna yeah. find the bugs. And that was that just sucked. <laughs> that yeah, just... I
0: felt really... But the thing that's crazy is because they have that shot in season one where he yeah. takes off and he's left the base yes. unattended and you see the look on the Russian's face. I was like, oh, he's going to do something. Yes. But then they never go back. And so you're like, well, what the heck did he do? And then yeah. when you find out, you're like, oh, that's great. Che- off's gun. Because yeah. they
1: don't discover it until... You know, they they start realizing. Wait a minute, why are they? How do they know about that? When,
0: right? Three for bugs. Yes, that was fantastic.
3: Well, I, I'm excited because I, I did enjoy the first season, and Tom, I definitely agree with you. I mean that whole the whole thing was mostly about getting the women up in space, and yep. I enjoyed all of that. Um, you know, and and it was a real push, and it was fun to watch. Uh, and yes, the second one, exactly. I was like, oh, this is taking sort of a different tone, and this and that. I don't love the show. Um, I, you know, I, maybe we don't have time to ask Allison what she thinks. But um, Allison, did you start it right? You started it right. I started it. I'm way behind you guys. I'm
2: I'm only the first two episodes of. Oh, you didn't one. make
3: it to three or four, where we told you that it gets better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I I
3: hope so because right now I'm kind of like. I mean, you should have been yeah,
2: watching that instead watching
0: of the freaking Snyder cut, but that's just my Check, opinion, uh,
2: right? No. <laughs> so, but then, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I went into it with the idea that this is about, you know, getting women in space and all of that. So I'm just keep, you know, sitting there going, okay, women in space. Women yeah, in space. that's what? episode what? three. You're one episode, away,
3: one episode it away. One episode. All right. It'll happen. So Right. Yeah, by the fourth episode, I was in. I was like, okay, this is great. So the only thing that I will say though is for people who are like kind of thinking about it, the, uh, it's. A, the, I personally think the direction is very pedestrian. I'm. I, I love the whole astronaut stuff. I I remember watching. Was it Apollo 13? Uh, and I'm not a fan of Ron Howard's, but I I actually think that that's probably one of his better or best movies. Uh, I thought it was great. Of course, Tom Hanks is so winning. So the. Uh, Ross the you Guys, started? off topic, off topic, okay. come on. No, 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 I'm getting right back to it. So the subject matter is something that I'm very familiar with, that I like. Um, but for me, I thought the direction was very Ron Howardy, but worse, is that it's very pedestrian. There's nothing particularly interesting about it. And um, especially because there is a little bit of that time, you know, butterfly effect of, like, look at how the different things, you know, they kind of change. They're subtle, but they're not subtle. And then even, like, in case you didn't really believe it, they do that montage with, like, the newspapers and, like, the movie clips about, like... And that's a little gimmicky, you know? And I thought, okay, I get it, I get it. You know what I mean? Butterfly effect. So I do like the show. I think in the quieter moments, um, it, it does excel. I did not see the the episode where, or the scene yet where where they kind of talk about his loss, so that that will be actually really interesting to see. But ge- in general, I think the acting is very solid, which keeps me watching the show because it doesn't make me cringe, you know, in, in certain scenes or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a good show and I, I think, you know, it's worth it, but it is- slow i feel like people should be warned about that if they start it
0: okay well let's move on we got one more show to talk about which is falcon and the winter soldiers season premiere series premiere um and this episode i mean especially if you're coming off of wandavision i know your mindset's like not with this but this is very standard marvel fare and it's very standard let's they got to set up the show they got to tell you what the show is about And they have exactly 42 minutes to do that. And one thing that's odd is that if you think about it, we've known Falcon for, I don't even know how many movies, but we only know him in relation to Cap. We know nothing about his own life. We've never seen his life. And so this was very much about, oh, he has a sister. Oh, he's got two nephews. Oh, he's from where? Like they're giving him all this backstory so that we are now actually finding out about him. And for people who are like expecting, I don't know, something different, you might not have been happy. But I was okay with that. I do feel like I wish I had like they had done a two-hour premiere. So that you get the team together and you get the action moving. Because I still am not entirely sure what the show's about yet. Tom, yeah. your thoughts. I, you know, I liked it.
1: I didn't love it. I think the biggest problem was, one, because of the pandemic, this should have dropped before WandaVision, so they would have started with the more traditional and then had the the, the outlier in the original airing order. Um, I think it was kind of... a, I don't know if we needed all the exposition, and granted, again, it was supposed to be the first thing to explain the blip, so we start there. Um, it would have been nice to get them... a together by episodes end. I mean I can, yeah. I can understand why they wanted to why they wanted to uh, introduce the new Captain America played by Wyatt Russell who uh, he's goofy who looking
0: he looked really goofy looking wearing that outfit there was something about his face that I did not like oh
3: good yeah. goofy yes goofy
0: yeah I did not like his face but what the hate. cowl no, just his face in the cow. Like there was something about his face that looked weird to me, and I was like, he's, mm. "He's
2: got two his his nose is too rounded to look. He's got two something. something out
0: yeah, yeah, it looks something. It's something that's off, and I did not he's like got two it. Two celebrity parents, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that did not help him or his face in that mask. But yeah. so for me, I was like, "Man, but oh. you know, it was it was fun.
1: I thought that." Um, the, for, for me, one of the, you know, the stuff with the, the drama with Sam and his sister and the parents' boat, eh, a little of that went, could have gone a long way. Well, I, I mean, they... I
0: did like the fact that they brought up that they're like, you have no work history for five years. He's like, yeah, I wasn't here on Earth for five years. Like, <laughs> that's just such a bizarre thing for that. Only a bank would be like, yes, we know the blip happened. We know people disappeared for five years, but you have no work history like. What?
1: He he needed that banker from Legacies. That's what he
0: needed. <laughs> <laughs> I I did
1: I did, however, like the fact that we have the uh, Amy Aquino, who's awesome. Amy Aquino is the shrink, and Bucky is totally lying to her. Oh yeah! And we find out the connection between his nightmare and the.
0: Uh, the, 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 the Japanese the, guy? The, the, the elderly Asian gentleman. Yeah, that film. was. Well, I only see it in TV shows and movies where someone kills somebody, feels guilty about it, and goes hang, hanging out with their loved ones. That's a terrible idea. Well, the, the, the well, no, problem is that I remember of his, but it's, that, that
2: it's was the idea of making a man.
3: That's part of his healing.
0: Yeah, but it's torture. It's not really healing. You're literally no, it's torturing not. yourself
3: very, it's very misguided. Saying, There's nothing good that's going to come of it. It's misguided. Allison's saying it right, what I'm trying to say. Yes, I don't mean that it is healing. I'm saying that was his list. He's on the list. I mean, it's a terrible way to do it. It's misguided, but he. I think he was doing it because he was basically told that's his assignment. It was his checklist. I, I just want to jump in and say something about the 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 Falcon thing. I mean, his name is in the title of the show, so of course we're going to get all background story and this and that, which is great. I mean, that's why I tuned in. I, I want to know more about his life and this and that. But I felt like, because I, I want to talk about that scene with the banker, um, I thought that that was kind of like forced and unrealistic. He was gone for five years. He's one of the Avengers. I felt like it was a scene that was made us, was, was supposed to manipulate us into understanding how lame that situation an unfair. Well, I mean, I and, think that,
0: yes, but I think they're saying that that's what's been going on is that all the people yeah. who got blipped out, that is the situation.
3: No, I think I think if anything uh, this is just my opinion. I think if anything it was sort of doubling down on the fact that African Americans uh, and other bipoc you know all of the bipoc tend to have trouble getting loans and getting yes. you know I mean yes, even so you were saying that too. You can be even be an Avenger and you can even be this and that, but you're still not getting one because you're black. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that I'm not, yes, not I'm, I'm, I'm aware
0: person.
2: of that. I was aware of that as right, well. Right. So, the so the so thing that me, made
3: me crazy though was
2: with, with that scene is that, yes, he was blipped out for, for five years, but it, he's still clearly working for the military. Yeah. He has yeah. a job, he has yeah. a paycheck, he has a credit. Yeah, uh, that's why I thought so, the writing was weak there. Yeah, because, I mean, it, he should have been able to just, and, and, you know, I mean, he is the Falcon, so yes! he should have been able to just put his name on, you know, as a co-signer with his sister and, and gotten a loan, like, you know, instantly. Yes! I mean, there shouldn't have That's- been anything. They made they made an issue yes. because like, they, they were trying to make a point, which which, you know, has legitimacy in the real world. But with the character that they were talking about and the situation that we're supposed to, you know, if we we said that he came back from the blip and he's, you know, like Bucky is, just living in a little room and, and, you know, not working for the military and no associations with anything, that would be one thing. But clearly, he went right back to his his old life and and
3: he should not be in this
2: position. He's eligible for
3: a military loan. And let's not forget, like. Nobody's asking for, for a handout, but he could easily have gone to Stark and been like, "Dude, can I get a low-interest loan?" Not That's- him. I know he's dead, but the, well, no, you know but what Pe- I mean. Pe-
1: Peppers got, Pepper got Pepperpot Stark has t- Tony's bank account, so exactly. Yeah. It
3: literally makes no sense. So a huge conceit of the show to me is, like, invalid. So I, I I did not like the episode. And I you can tell me all you wanted that it's exposition and it's this and that, blah, 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 blah. I even thought Division, as did many people, started out a little slow and we didn't know where it was going. So I get it. I will give it a chance. But it's not that it was, oh, just exposition. I don't care. I expect that. But I really thought that they were pushing the... It was written in a way that does not make sense to me. So it doesn't have the foundation I need to be invested i like the falcon and i definitely tuned in to see how it was gonna you know his life tell me more of his story let me see the buddy cup you know business so for me i just think it started off on the wrong leg it isn't just that it's slow and you know I, i was grimacing a little i was rolling my eyes a little bit you know and then allison made oh you obviously didn't say it yet but allison made a reference to um how like, oh, do we really need like 40 minutes of, of, you know, action this and that this was off podcast, you know, uh, just to prove that, you know, it's an action thing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't, wasn't even that impressed with the opening action sequence. I mean, those bat wing parachuter things that was 2010. The, that opening scene was nothing I haven't seen in half a dozen Mission Impossible movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so for me... The same-
2: if if I may interject, because you were saying that you were bringing up my point, um, my 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 issue with that scene, you know, there there is a legitimacy in opening up with a big action number. I mean, God, it every every Bond film has opened up that way, and they yep. they make a thing of trying to top each other, but. Yep the thing is you have to be invested in the situation. You have to be, you're, you're, you're going to be invested in the Falcon, obviously, but then, you know, it's called the Falcon and the winter soldier. He's not going to die in this scene. This is yeah. going to happen.
0: Well, so neither is have... James Bond going to die in the opening of a James Bond movie.
2: No, but they have to, they have to have a situation where it's set up. So, you know what the stakes are. So, you know, okay, these are the bad guys and this is what they want. And, and this is why they're after him. And, and this exact sequence of events has to happen a certain way and instead they just you know give this babble about how okay we think that this plane has been taken over by terrorists but it can't go into a rocky space go and and you know it turns out okay well they've already killed the pilot whatever was on that plane which you assume they were after is just going to go down no it's the guy the guy that they kept is the hostage but anyway the the hostage but the hostage is never really identified and his point, what whatever was supposed to be so important about him is never clarified. So you're just, you're just watching them pass this, what might as well be a human beanbag around, you know, between each other until they, until they wrap that up. And once we're finished with that scene, we've got 40 minutes of moping. But, and, uh, but
0: I, I need to, we got to move on because we are way past our time um peter do you have any thoughts before we move on um not really i mean i thought it was okay like i
4: i'm, I'm pretty in the middle of this this is kind of what i expected i mean i i guess that's i guess it's more exposition heavy than i think a lot of people wanted but i kind of figured that's what it was going to be so and i still really like the two leads so i'm still in I mean, yeah, again, I didn't didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I'm probably Libby. I'm assuming you're the same. It's like, yeah,
1: solid.
0: Yeah, uh, Tom, I wish they put
1: put them together for the opening mission. Yes, that that would have just been an easy fix and it would have made some of the table setting a little bit more worthwhile. Uh, by the way, the the Latino operative who's who's, who's working with Sam Mm -hmm. in the comics with during Sam's tenure as Captain America in the comics, he becomes the new Falcon, which is kind of cool. Oh, okay.
0: That's cool. 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 All right. Well, we need to wrap this up because we've gone way over our time. Um, So if you guys, we were saying thumbs up-ish, at least for that. Uh, So if you guys have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on sci-fi.radio, weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. (laughs) Bye.